Sam, welcome to the Commerce Talks podcast. Today we are talking about the Amazon brand acquisition uh, market. Uh, your name is connected with your brand name. For me, it's going to be very hard to explain how it is connected. Maybe introduce yourself and tell us about your company. Um, thanks very much for having me, Alex. It's, it's great to, um, to, to be here. So yeah, as you allude to, I am the, the Sam in all Sam. Um, my co-founder and brother is Ollie, uh, who's the all in all Sam. Um, before I begin and explain a bit about myself and, and all Sam, I just want to start by saying why we founded all Sam and why I do what I do. Cause I think it's kind of really interesting and quite, and, and, and why I get up every day, work really hard and our team works really hard, um, to, to build the business we're building. So, you know, Globally, there is you know around 1.67 million sellers, uh, small, medium, and, and, and large sellers, mum and pop shops, solopreneurs, brothers, sisters, husbands, and wives who trade on Amazon, and, and, and they're building profitable businesses from their bedrooms, fully bootstrapped. And their reasons for entering the space are personal, they're professional, uh, but they're always profound in, in, in why they've come into the space. And I think part of the job I, I love is is hearing the why they started their business. And you know the problems they have really up until very recently was that if they wanted to essentially exit their business, there wasn't really a viable uh, way to do this. They'd either wind down the operations or they'd have to sell their business to a buyer who probably didn't know how to run it. Um, and the whole experience was probably quite stressful. And then as I'm sure your, your listeners and yourself are aware, there's been a, a really exciting ecosystem that's emerged of buyers who've come in, who are fully, you know, have a, have a fantastic operations team in place, who essentially then provide a, a liquidation event for these sellers and allow them to essentially achieve, you know, and, 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 and focus on another, another business venture or um, remain quite actively involved and see their business scale to the next level. So, you know, I love hearing stories from sellers every day um, and, 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 and hearing why they, they've started their business. So setting that aside, also, as you mentioned, you know, we, we are we're based in London. Uh, we're a team now coming up to sort of 70 or so, um, and we you know acquire uh, and, and operate and grow um, private label uh, businesses uh, across marketplaces. That's what we do. We are a marketplace first growth engine for e-commerce brands. And um, you know, my background, uh, I am not an M&A finance guy at all. So um, you know, I spent a couple of years at Amazon in their marketplace team as a program manager, helping um, UK European small businesses essentially go from page a thousand to, to page one. Um, so I've seen hundreds of FBA businesses uh, and seller fulfilled prime businesses. Um, and then whilst I was at Amazon, I also ran my own e-commerce business. I saw a gap in the market. I <clears throat> went to China, uh, poured all my savings into this first uh, uh, PO, um, and uh, eventually saw that business scale to you know quite a, a high six-figure business as a side hustle. And it was hard. And scaling that business from this proverbial zero to one is not easy. And I felt like I had to prove to myself that I could do it. Otherwise, it's very hard for me to tell a seller and convince them, hey, I'm, I, I can do it as well if, if, I, if I haven't actually done it. So um, I'm e-commerce operations. Uh, Ollie, my co-founder, is, is, is more of a guess of a, of a finance private equity background. So began his career in investment banking and, and then eventually concluded his career in, in, in private equity. And, and so um, that, that, that's his background. And together, we see a great combination of skill sets. And if, if I may just kind of hark back to where this all began, which was 
uh, March 2020, uh, which I'm sure you remember where you were in March 2020. I certainly remember where, where, where I was. I was in a, a tiny apartment in New York. The city had just shut down um, and uh, my, my job had completely changed, to be honest. And I had a, a real reflection of what I was going to be doing over the next year. And I saw in the US some really exciting companies building profitable businesses really fast. Um, and I thought, you know, what if we could do this in Europe? Um, and, and, and in the UK and, um, you know, sent Ollie lots of emails back and forth. And, you know, eight months later, we managed to raise our, our seed round. And um, yeah. What was the side hustle product about? What have you imported from it China was, and sold on Amazon? Yeah. So, you know, I, I saw an opportunity to uh, create a, a premium giftable brand on, on the marketplace. Um, so it was in the stationary, stationary niche. So, you know, notebooks, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, arts and crafts, this kind of uh, this kind of product. And, and what actually happened was um, it became a very popular product amongst pregnant women. Um, who were keeping pregnancy diaries. That was not a niche I thought we would be um, targeting, but eventually it did turn out that was quite a popular um, customer. So yeah, really took off. I was amazed to see how quickly um, a bestseller around product on Amazon can actually um, scale your business. So, um, but yeah, great experience. And, though you, and you started this when you still were working for Amazon, correct? So, if, okay. So, and, and then maybe you can relieve uh, um, the listeners um, uh, um, when it comes to like one main fear about like the Amazon strategy. And, and that is something um, I'm confronted with in so many keynote speeches, like within the last 10 years, whenever a product or a category becomes successful, Amazon will decide to do it on their own. They will produce it, they will sell it, they will put their basic brand on it. It's like the HDMI cables. You um, sat on the other side and still decided to build a brand and now even decided to go further and help other brands to scale faster. So w w what do you answer those people when they say, okay, you know, uh, um, Sam, when it's successful, then Amazon will, will do it on uh, themselves. You know, it's, it's a really interesting challenge and it's one that, you know, I, I've heard a lot amongst other aggregators when they think about their investment decision-making processes. I've heard it in, in Reddit and newspaper articles and, and, and a ton on the media around this point. And I, I think I would say a couple of things. The first is, um, as a seller entrepreneur, I would advise you know to, to create a product and brand where you are a sort of mid to high price product. Um, why? The reason is Amazon has around over 400 of their own private label businesses and brands they've created themselves in-house okay now the average rating across these brands is around three and a half stars now our our, our portfolio the amazon around, the amazon private label is three and a half yeah around, around that it, it sort mm. of is around that that's their average review score and ours is actually around 4.5 plus so um why is this well one is we only buy highly rated products but two interestingly amazon's most popular um, a brand, the one I think they've seen most success with is their basics range, Amazon Basics, which you referenced just now in your question is the HDMI cables and um, essentially daily essentials. Um, I would never create a brand where price is the primary purchase decision making factor and where you're the cheapest and where you're competing head to head with Amazon. Now, in real life, how did this materialize? Well, I saw in the stationary niche, Amazon Basics had a, the cheapest um, A5 notebook. So they were selling at $9.99 and I launched mine at $17.99 with huge success. Why? 
because mine was a giftable premium alternative that did very well on Father's Day, Mother's Day, and Christmas and things like this. So um, there's always room to compete with Amazon. Amazon are, are of course, in, in most subcategories, but that doesn't mean that they're going to come straight after your product. I think the point which, and I'm not going to sort of go into too much detail because I actually don't know, is, you know, do Amazon go into the back end of Seller Central's and take sales history? I don't know. Um, but what I would say is that as, as, as sellers, you know, it's a very transparent marketplace. I can see who's changed their packaging, who is optimizing their imagery, who's changing and testing with titles. Um, and essentially, you know, on, on Jungle Scout Helium 10, there's data available to see who the winners and movers are in a subcategory. So, you know, I don't think Amazon are unique in spotting who's doing good, who's doing well. As a, as a business, we also look at what other sellers are doing. So, um, you know, it has advantages and disadvantages of being so transparent, but I'd say um, definitely don't go for the cheapest uh, uh, prices that as a primary uh, uh, decision making factor. You just mentioned two um, data brands, I think Helium uh, 10 was it? Um, so how data driven is this market? Do you have do you have to develop uh, with uh, with all sums your your own um, data grabbing tools? Do you still use data that is uh, publicly available for everybody in the market? Because eventually it's like um, having an edge on the data side, right? Being faster in developing the right brand, being faster in exporting to the right uh, um, country, adapting the titles and the meta text uh, better than than the other. So how are you doing it? And maybe can you give us an insight in what you, kind of data are you getting from these um, uh, data tools today? Definitely. So, you know, I, I think that the best way to segment this is, you know, you've got uh, investments, you've got, I guess, the pre-acquisition, post-acquisition data sets and what you could be using. Um, are there data tools on the market? Yes, there are. The question is around data accuracy. Um, so if I, if I look at sort of the area of the business that I kind of uh, heavily involved in, which is post-acquisition operations, there are tools available that are pretty good. They're pretty good. They're, off the, they're, they're tools that assist with day-to-day -day running of the brands. Um, the problem we had, Alex, was that there wasn't really any enterprise-level tools that could support with multiple brands as we scaled. Um, what do I mean by this? Basically, you know, we, we used um, you know financial dashboards, you know, reporting day-to-day -day on, on the brands we owned. And the problem was, was that the data they were pulling was kind of pulled live from the seller central. And so it made it very slow. And, and, and as we scaled, even it became even slower. So in order to get around this, you know, we have, we have an engineering team in house now who've literally built um, a, a data infrastructure. We download, you know, all 15 million plus rows of data from a seller central, store it and query it live. The key thing is that, you know, we want our brand managers to be able to drill down into uh, uh, item level profitability very quickly and that's hard because you've got you know discrete you've got advertising data to pool storage there are many uh, cost items that often might be a bit um, uh, messy uh, and, and and the accuracy is is can be questionable so um, from our perspective we are working on these tools in-house because we haven't found anything at, at the right level for us to actually um, effectively run our businesses off the shelf um, However, there are some great off-the-shelf tools that we use for things like, you know, um, product monitoring um, for advertising, of course, um, which are which are really, really good. And I think one of the great things about this space is as more capital is flooding into the space, I think we're seeing a professionalization of tools on offer. So I'm really excited to see, you know, in the next year, what tools we're going to be have, what, what, what tools will be on offer, say, for, um, you know, on supply chain, forecasting and demand planning, for example. Um, I'd say, on you know, on pre-acquisition and, and investments, you know, I, I think this is an area that I'm not as close with as it's more on Ollie's side, but, you know, there's definitely there's definitely some interesting um, tools out there which look at category level trends, 
you know, and, and, and subcategory level trends, which undoubtedly is helping um, aggregators, you know, make far more informed decision making about categories they want to enter. Um, and um, again, you know, for uh, on the investment side, we have uh, a tool that assists with um, due diligence and automating due diligence on the business. So that makes us able to enable us to screen deals much faster. Um, but as I said, I think, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're exciting. We're entering a very exciting uh, point right now in the professionalization of tools. So, yeah, very excited for the next six months. And, and can you tell us a bit how the competition has evolved in, in, in your case, particularly because there there were like a couple of brand acquisition companies um, developed last year? I don't know. Maybe you've gathered like 165 million I saw on TechCrunch uh, as a, um, as a um, equity or debt round. So there's plenty of money you can deploy in um, acquiring brands and building your teams. But there were like plenty others, maybe 10, 15 worldwide with 100 million plus in uh, in funding. So how did this um, uh, affect then the buying prices? I would say that every seller who wanted to sell could leverage this kind of situation uh, to his or her favor and get to the highest price. Yeah. So look, I think the first thing to say is, you know, there's been obviously a, a, a proliferation on, and, and of, of um, companies all over the world acquiring uh in 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 our in our space i think the founders of these companies are really impressive they come from very interesting backgrounds and 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 and, and whether it's private equity finance or you know uh, e-commerce um you know i think if we look at 2021 um i'd, I'd say you know it, we've been in a very difficult period from an investments perspective probably i'd say the hardest actually because you know you're trying to essentially understand what normalized trading looks like for these businesses um, and that's difficult for some, for some, for some, for some businesses. So, you know, I think what we, we've seen on on the multiple side is actually, you know, around Q end of Q2 multiples did, you know, that they were they were quite high. And actually, at all, well, what can can you give more details here in the multiples? So, let's say I've created a brand in whatever, uh, um, stationary uh, notebook business. Um, I made 5 million pounds a year via Amazon with uh, quite an interesting margin, 5 to 15%. Mm. What would have been the multiples um, for this kind of business in 2021? So unfortunately, there are many variables beyond uh, beyond sales price that that, that uh, and, and and revenue that would you know would dictate what a multiple would would, would look like. So I mean, what I can now please give pitch you... me, pitch me. You can buy it now. Pitch me. What 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 do you want to know? <laughs> I give you the variables. Yeah, no, you got you know you got on, I, the way we split them up is you know you've got your financial fundamentals and your Amazon fundamentals, right? And and I think you know on the Amazon fundamentals, you're looking at things like obviously the reviews and rating are really obvious, but then there's like organic ranking for high volume keywords. It's um, low fruit that we can um, you know address immediately like marketing like imagery videography advertising um, there are there are kind of the points we look at from that perspective and I think on the, on the on the finance side um, you know you're looking at obviously at margin you're looking at year-on-year -year growth you're looking at um, supplier diversification you're looking at um, you know, differentiation of, um, of materials you're looking at um, you know the exposure to inflationary uh, uh, um, uh, costs and, 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 and the increase of raw materials and um, there, there are many things but I think you know let's say you're a 30% SDE margin business you're growing 50 to 100 percent year on year you've got ip you've you know got category leading position we've heard of some businesses at that time going for you know upwards of sort of five times plus um five however, times revenue 
profit profits. So it's uh, five times it's, profits only. Yeah. Well, it's it's pretty pretty pretty. Um, that's where the multiples were at in in sort of Q Q two. Yeah. Um, but that sounds again, rather cheap to me. So doing a business like having a business. Let's say I have this five million business. I, I do like one million in, uh, in profit. I grow like year over year one hundred percent. So next year I'm gonna like earn like two million in profits more or less. You know, it's 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 very rough estimation, and you would only willing to give me like five million best case. It sounds very. Well, think, it sounds based on what we've seen on the private financing market for other startups, software startups, so to say, even retail startups. That 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 sounds rather cheap. I don't know because I'm not because I'm not an M and A finance guy. So unfortunately, I can't give you an informed opinion of what the other markets are doing. All I can tell you with absolute confidence is what I know, which is Amazon FBA, and and that um, in the in the in the in the in the environment of Q two Q three was was a really really strong. Um, strong multiple, and I think, you know, to your point now. So, where are we at now? We're, at, you know, March 2022. Um, we're seeing businesses normalize trading. Um, we're seeing, obviously, you know, the macro environment currently in in Europe is obviously quite unstable. Um, we're seeing COVID outbreaks in China. Um, we're seeing, um, you know, freight container rates come down, but not nearly where they where we'd like them to be. Um, and we're seeing multiples go down basically and you know to that end what impact does that have on the macro environment that we are operating in well it means some aggregators have stopped buying they're waiting to see multiples come down they're waiting to see um, businesses trade in a more normalized fashion um, so we're seeing some aggregators stop buying altogether um, so I think we're seeing a really interesting right now is a very exciting time for M&A in our space because um, you know as I said we're seeing businesses trade at what they do truly trade at and not essentially um, um, in, on some occasions held up by by COVID. Okay, got, got it. So it's, it's obviously it's, it's it's a very subjective opinion when it comes to buying prices. Um, eventually, you have to earn it <laughs> back um, um, after acquiring the business. So I understand like after an acquisition, um, sometimes founders stay on board uh, um, and play in, play a vital role in the developing further developing of the brand. You try to um, professionalize on the advertising side, for example, on the logistics side, um, sourcing side, product description. So the whole Amazon SEO game, um, I would say. So how how far can you go there? Because just yesterday um, I read a tweet from a guy who's called um, Brian Porter. He, he I saw that as well. Yeah, I saw yeah, that as well. Yeah, he claimed to have like Amazon's number one drinkware supply. I don't know who measures this and who gives you like the official number one piece, but let's say he he was like uh, really strong or he's really strong in drink drinkware supplying. And what he's um, what he's uh, ranting about is that Amazon is uh, is putting more and more ads on on all the pages, on the category pages, on the product listing pages. So there there's there are lesser and lesser chances to get organic traffic. Um, because you refer to like the organic ranking. So even if people would search for your brand, let's say this brand is called like Brian's Bottles, yeah, then uh, um, um, Amazon would uh, would try to get money from Brian uh, um, when he's bidding on Brian's Bottles as a keyword, even, even uh, um, bidding on Brian's Bottles on his product page. So jumping between different products listings, so... I don't know, outdoor bottles, indoor bottles, whatever. So, uh, um, and, 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 and therefore it's getting more, more and more expensive uh, to get the customer um, into, uh, into really buying the, 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 the product. So, um, it's, 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 um, 
you have to have a lot of insights actually to to challenge this opinion so it it sounds where it sounds like where brian is is right but he totally can be wrong so what is, well, is is it still a, like a fair game is it still really possible to um out optimize uh, based on your um competitive knowledge in amazon so you know, this is a really interesting discussion and one where, you know, our, our PPC and our, our advertising team are really in the weeds of this. I read an interesting article on Marketplace Pulse. I don't know if you if you read a lot of their content. I find it really interesting. It covers uh, Amazon and, and just marketplaces in general. And they had a really interesting piece come out recently about this, exactly as you said, this, this, um, this interplay between organic and paid search results and what that was doing essentially for the customer experience. Because if you go onto Amazon now, uh, not on I haven't seen it on all product categories. I don't know how quite how it, how they're structuring the rollout, but you can see it's sponsored, 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 yes. and then add, and then organic further down. And I think you know, it's like Brian Google, saying, it's the same development. Yeah, Google exactly. And I, and I think what Brian was saying in his in his piece was, I think they've totally stopped advertising because what they found they were doing is that they were advertising for their bottle on on the on the sponsored brand uh, sponsored uh, brand ads, um, and then actually they were and they were ranking very uh, well organically just just down the fold and so it was kind of it was artificially inflating essentially their their their, their results and um no i think that the, the broader point here is a very interesting one around this paid versus organic um, um, um search interplay what i would say is that from a skills perspective and this is part of the reason why you know this is what sellers tell us and why i think ultimately um uh th th this is a really challenging environment is that Advertising in PPC in the Amazon ecosystem is getting very challenging. The tools are getting more complex to use. The competition is getting more fierce. Advertising costs are going up and therefore the need for efficiency, the importance of efficiency is becoming more important. Um, and Amazon as well is, you know, pushing potentially in some instances their own brands above yours. Um, Again, it's something that I haven't we haven't necessarily seen across our portfolio, um, but I did read Brian's article. I thought it was really interesting, and I think it's one that we're definitely thinking about um, exactly this. Do we just dial down our ad spend just to capture the organic sales, or do we essentially try and compete for the 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 the, the sponsored uh, the sponsored brand ads? But wouldn't that lead to um, to the conclusion that you have to um, have to create like your own direct to consumer access right now op obviously you optimize within the amazon ecosystem but um in this podcast on the in the, in the sister podcast customzone peter shaljewski was also uh, a guest founder of um, berlin brands group also yep. very big in this um, um game they've created yeah. um, some very big brands already so, and then they yeah they've got um, about they've got about 14 of their own they created from scratch yeah, yeah. but but it's actually 60 percent. it's like one uh, 60% of the revenue is one brand um almost 200 million uh, euros so it's uh, quite successful and their strategy is obviously they they don't want to be like too dependent on amazon also lose, using other channels um and um mainly creating a strategy where they do have direct um direct uh, consumer access so i have some products from them uh i think the main brand is Klarstein. it's some consumer electronics products and um, i don't know like a an infrared wall heater, for example, and, and this comes with an app. So the, the more heating devices I buy from, from the Klarstein brand, um, the more I'm going to use the app. So that's obviously yeah. like a lock-in um, effect in here. And I think it's it, it's smart. Obviously, I still bought the products via Amazon, <laughs> not via their online uh, shop. But still, I think it's it's smart. So would you agree? Do you need to build your own direct-to-consumer strategy for all the brands you have acquired? So 
I think the first thing to emphasize is, you know, uh, at Allsam, we are, we're not, we are uh, bigger than, we're, we're, we're trying to obviously push beyond Amazon. Amazon is a fantastic platform to start with. It's kind of our operational heritage is Amazon. We've got over 20, now 25 years of managing FBA brands. But to your point, obviously, you know, there's inherent risks of, of you know, having a single point of failure mm. on the marketplace. Amazon is a very challenging platform to trade on. Um, and, um, you know, for, for that reason, we are very keen to push off Amazon. Um, I think the points I would say is, you know, at Olsen, we're, we call ourselves marketplace first. So, you know, for our perspective, um, you know, we, we love marketplaces because we love the, um, you know, the, 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 we think that, you know, retail is heading online, but it's heading online to online marketplaces. And there's a fantastic software company called Miracle, who I'm sure you know, um, and, and Miracle, you know, published some really interesting uh, reports around the growth of online marketplaces globally, B2B and B2C. So we're leaning very heavily on just the growth of online marketplaces as channels for us. Um, so there's Walmart in obviously the US, there's in Europe, there's obviously C Discount, Allegro, there's OnBuy in the UK. Um, we're very, we're very keen on, 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 on marketplaces and obviously there's social commerce as well. Direct consumer is a very interesting one and it's a totally separate beast in, in, in the skill sets you need to um, leverage and use to excel on D2C. And I think from our perspective, um, you know, it's a question, it's not, you know, will old Sam go D2C? It's will old Sam go D2C with specific brands and specific products? Um, and I think if, if you get, if you, if you calculate D2C in the right way, it can be a hugely successful growth channel for you. And indeed, you know, some of our most recent acquisitions you saw, I don't know if you saw recently, we, we acquired a brand from that was featured on Dragon's Den, which is almost like the, the shark tank of, of, of the UK. And the seller has a really interesting, exciting D2C channel that to be honest, is just under optimized. And, 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 and we think we can, we can grow that. Um, the other exciting channel, which we're very keen on, is wholesale and, and B2B wholesale. And um, by that, the, the key question for us is, um, where do we wholesale? Because the risk of essentially wholesaling in your core markets could actually cannibalize your existing core business there. So um, we're very interested in strategic wholesale. And by that, I mean launching wholesale in Asia and the Far East. And again, on this business collapse, the seller had an amazing social following in Korea and Japan. So um, we've got an amazing uh, partner in, in the Far East who essentially is supporting and fueling our growth uh, in, in the Far East. So um, just to rewind a bit, it's marketplace first, it's wholesale and then D2C is very, very interesting, but for us, it's one we need to be just quite, just quite careful on. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. So I started in, with this Amazon SEO industry when I built my first Amazon agency in 2012, actually. And then in 2014, I had a very interesting podcast with um, Georg Kundrat. He was a founder of a brand called Kawai. Uh, there was like, they were back at the time, they were, I think, in, in Central yeah. Europe, the number one um, supplier for um, iPhone cases, high quality leather cases for for iPhone. And he was uh, quoted uh, uh, in the podcast with, uh, um, of course, so um, I cannot afford having direct consumer. I need every sale on Amazon because every sale counts. It like it increases my sales statistics. So every customer who is getting derailed to my direct to consumer uh, uh, business where I might have a better margin uh, will will damage my Amazon business because I need every uh, every purchase um, there. And then it, it kind of moved in the direction where today people are rather like following like Peter Shavievsky from Berlin Brands Group saying, okay, eventually you have to 
get your direct-to-consumer business or at least a business where you're not 100% relying on Amazon uh, um, anymore because uh, um, this is this is only economies of scale. So uh, only the, the the ones with the with the biggest budgets on um, on uh, um, on adver with advertising money can win. And in a market which is still um, working um, non-rational, so you have players in the market that are spending money where it doesn't make sense anymore. So you can't win because there might be brands who don't understand the business and they're throwing money on the sponsors as, as, as much as they can because they they still think that it's kind of TV advertising. It's not the case. They're, they're ruining, they're ruining their, 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 their KPIs. But in, in, in such an Un, um, uh, in such a non-rational market, uh, you, have, you have to sometimes wait, or and actually you have to um, being able to afford waiting. As you said, you have to be able to afford waiting for a brand uh, um, accepting a lower multiple, for example, or a brand really aligning to your strategy, uh, uh, um, where we're seeing. So when you're using other marketplaces, or when you say other marketplaces apart from Amazon, what marketplaces? Do you think have a have quite a potential because the ones uh, um, we see still in Europe and and some of the some of them are customers from Miracle uh, for example are super weak very very slow marketplace uh, um, 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 numbers very slow and growing they're still focusing on their um, P1 or 1P uh, direct consumer business and marketplace marketplace is just an add-on so they're not waiting for uh, some of the old Sam's brand to be uh, to be listed um, they want to get your money obviously but they don't have a strategic alignment yet so how do you look at the market yeah re really really good question so i think you're, you're completely right clearly there are very few marketplaces if any that have the scale that amazon does right so i, I appreciate that they're like the marketplace ecosystem as we say is 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 very nascent in in its stages but mm -hmm. um you know what one of the things i i try and do as much as possible is is speak with you know eight figure seven eight figure nine figure amazon sellers to understand how are they diversifying their, their businesses and, and and are they finding specifically niche marketplaces for their specific category um mm. and one in particular so you know we um we acquired a business in the homewares category and i approached a nine figure amazon seller that i follow on linkedin really really inspiring entrepreneur and i said look this is a, we're, we're in a very similar subcategory to you amazon is obviously our primary primary income uh, uh, primary revenue stream here how are you thinking about homewares and, and, and homeware marketplace specifically and he and he mentioned a couple of niche marketplaces in the us that he's had a ton of success with on the wholesale side so they're b2b uh, marketplaces um for on, on in 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 that in that subcategory and we're going to trial those um so i think you know it's it's a case of i think uh, uh trialing kind of ones that are niche to your specific category i think is quite an exciting way to look at it and and and, and the ones that are kind of trying to almost catch all that's very challenging um i think you know walmart is a really interesting one and it's one that as a business we're educating ourselves with as much as we can you know i i think the you know the sophistication of tools is way behind Amazon, specifically on, say, advertising. Um, but I think, you know, as, as Amazon's fees increase, storage fees increase, um, and things like this, and competition gets more fierce, Walmart was a, was a, was a hot topic at Prosper in Las Vegas, and, and our team came back and said, you know, Walmart is a very interesting uh, marketplace we need to explore. But again, it's like the Walmart demographic we hear is uh, customer demographic is quite different to Amazon. And so it's understanding, um, you know, what brands and what products of those brands are best suited to Walmart. It's not like let's go launch on Walmart the entire portfolio. It's being very targeted about what products you're going to sell on. Um, hmm. Yeah.
Okay, got it. So uh, in the TechCrunch article that was um, published um, uh, during your last financing round, you said one mm -hmm. of your competitive edges is um, the B2B part of Amazon. So you're not only optimizing for the B2C customer journey on Amazon, but also for the B2B journey. C can you elaborate on, on that? What, what does it mean exactly? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think just taking a step back, so you know, I, I had a, the, the, the privilege of, of being asked to join this team at, at Amazon um, to launch the B2B marketplace in the UK and Europe. And it was one of these opportunities where, you know, I knew very little about B2B commerce at that time. And, and, and um, but, you know, the, the, the pitch internally was this is this is going this is going to grow extremely fast and, and, and could well be bigger than the B2C business at some point in the next sort of um, um, couple of years. And I haven't seen the most the, the latest stats, but certainly when I left, the growth was 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 incredible um and the, the 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 proposition is simple it's you know it's 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 everything customers love about amazon for business so um you have the selection price and convenience of the marketplace however you have b2b specific features that allow you to essentially procure more efficiently so um you know there are things like business specific pricing um exclusive of vat pricing um the uh the um the automated invoice functionality um you had uh, uh bulk discounts so you could um, you know, see a tiered pricing for 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 large quantity uh, of orders and what i thought was so cool is you know there are two there are two sides to the, to the amazon business team at amazon there was the seller side and there was the customer side and the customer side were going out and they were targeting and acquiring customers and they were acquiring enterprise all the way down to startup customers and what was interesting is that an enterprise level customer say i think one of them was siemens that was a publicly listed uh, a customer of theirs could select me as the founder of uh, uh, beachmore books which was the business i had as the preferred supplier for uh, for notebooks across the across the company or for the uk company um and um you know as a small business to secure that contract with siemens typically was extremely difficult but amazon has essentially democratized what was a very sort of behind closed doors um a relationship driven um business and has actually allowed small businesses startups like mine to actually sell directly to 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 um to to albeit via amazon to siemens and um i thought it was a really compelling narrative and a really interesting proposition bringing it back to old sam what does it mean is that you know when we look at businesses and we look at um, investments now um, you know especially for ones which are very competitive Alex where you know there's lots of people bidding on the, on the same offer um, you know one of the things we look at is well how what, what could the b2b channel look like could we launch um, could we could we could we think about this in terms of um, uh, wholesaling in terms of you know um, corporate gifting in terms of like really thinking of a whole b2b strategy for the business not just b2c um, and that requires a whole kind of um, separate strategy in itself but one that I was very fortunate to see internally and I've taken it taken it to to all Sam and for so so when I'm when I'm um, scrolling or surfing through your brand brands on um, all sums um, it, it looks like the standard um, standard sounds like negative but it, it's like it's kind of the, the standard, standard b2c <laughs> yeah. the b2c b2c yeah. angle so and uh, do you have specific examples from your existing brand that are really fitting very much in the Siemens example, for example. So where would Siemens say, okay, I would need like, uh, I have just clicked on, um, what is this? Kitsini silicon pastry mat. Um, not, not sure what it is, but where's like the B2B case here? I don't only want to, I don't want to challenge it. I don't want, I yeah, only yeah, want course, to understand it a bit better. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, so we, we, we have a, a notebooks business called Otagami. 
Um, okay. Yes, uh, which you know is is in a similar subcategory, what the same subcategory to uh, to um, to my previous business. Um, albeit this one is far more creative in terms of it, um, it's targeted at more creative artistic uh, categories. So schools and universities. Um, we have a a business called Peak Coffee, which they make um, the the their IP protected coffee capsule holders. Um, we get bulk orders from hotels and restaurant groups um, to you know distribute across their hotel network. Um, we had an order came in for I think it was a thousand units in one order uh, for uh, for for one of the products, and it was we assume was because they were trying to basically um, buy these products for their canteens, um, which is really cool. Uh, and 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 as I said, typically to to secure that type of um, relationship or contract is is very difficult because there are some very old school incumbents that kind of very run the b2b uh, 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 um, uh, relationships within that subcategory but amazon amazon b2b allows us to essentially you know sell directly to a hotel chain which i think is just uh, amazing and um and um these b2b categories have to be enabled in, like in the amazon sellers back end so you cannot sell to b2b when you have not reached like i don't know a certain maturity stage for your brand for example no so basically the entire the, the entirety of the consumer selection is available to business customers so hmm. sellers um, the common misconception among sellers is they think oh I, I don't sell to b2b customers um, and actually they do it's that what it is is that they haven't optimized their listings for b2b customers so you know one of the common conversations we have Alex with sellers is I go well how's your b2b channel and they say well you know it's really small we're doing like one or two percent of our sales come from b2b customers and I say okay fine how optimized are your listings how how much time have you spent on optimizing for the for the b2b conversion and typically the answer is very little um, ah, okay. and so i think okay. you know, if you spend some time in, in in optimizing your listings and driving conversion um it's really exciting okay and that that might be a skill that is not sitting in the smaller vendors um arc i would say that's exactly. something which you yeah. can provide with your team Exactly, exactly. Their focus is very much, you know, B2C, this is what I know, selling to the end customer. Um, but, you know, with our team, we have a team here who, who, who are experienced in, 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 in wholesale and, 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 uh, and B2B who can essentially lend, uh, lend support in, in that respect. Okay, got it. Um, also last year, or is it already like two years ago, there was like this um, IPO from An Anchor, the consumer mm. electronic uh, uh, brand, which, which was kind of the... The wow case, you know, you could build like an Amazon brand with an, an Amazon based brand with 1 billion plus in revenue. And then it got listed at the Chinese stock exchange. I think back then it was valued $8 billion or so. I don't know what the status mm. um, um, these days. Is it like a once in a once in a lifetime thing, something like Anchor? Or do you, do you see like many anchors uh, in the industry? So many that can achieve like the, the billion revenue mark on Amazon? Look, I, th I think undoubtedly when Anchor started on Amazon years ago, I think the marketplace is in a very different place now, um, be it around competition, around um, you know, cost pressures around, you know, the, the, mm. there, are, there are many challenges now on Amazon that Anchor probably did not face when they first launched on, on Amazon. Um, I think we can be very kind of uh, uh, frank about that. But what I would say is that Anchor have proven that best in class execution. Uh, and by that, I mean, supply chain, really, really, really good marketing on Amazon and a clear brand. Um, clean imagery, clean product descriptions, and a fantastic product of which I believe the the co-founder of Anchor used to work for Google. I think he was a uh, he was in I think in their hardware engineering team hmm. at Google. 
Um, could be. Sounds like yeah. a nice, uh, a, a, a nice um, edge like to their founding story. But yeah, could be. I like the brand yeah. actually. So I have, I, I have plenty of anchor products. Yeah. So I, I think the point I was, I was going to lead on to was, you know, he has a fantastic subject matter expertise of that subcategory. He knows what a great portable charging power bank does and is, mm -hmm. and how much it should cost. And I think. I do still believe very much now that if as a seller you have subject matter expertise in a particular subcategory that you know is better than anyone else and you think you can market the product better, execute on all the different levers better and you invest in um, you know, potentially hiring expertise in-house or even partnering with third parties who you think are fantastic, I do think you can build an enormously successful business on Amazon. Um, it's just about being very clear about where that is and what subcategories are still ripe for penetration. And to be honest, you know, consumer electronics is one where um, we wouldn't feel comfortable going into. We don't have that expert, that consumer deep sourcing expertise in the consumer electronics space, but we do recognize that other partners do have that. Um, but we do think that, you know, um, there are categories which are very ripe for disruption um, and ones where D to C incumbents will never join Amazon. They don't see Amazon, they, they, they don't want to join. So to be honest, we see that as an opportunity to capitalize on. Um, and um, so no, I, I remain very bullish about uh, future success, future um, future anchors, quote unquote. Um, but I do think and recognize that, you know, some, that, that, mm. that the, op the opportunity to do that is, is shifting as, as the Amazon marketplaces uh, evolve over the net, you know, over time. What are the top three things you're looking forward in 2022? So uh, about the next steps for all sums, like, is it like um, going D to C? Is it like acquiring like 20 new brands, uh, yeah. adding like 100 FTEs to your team? Not about, it's, not, it's all, for us, it's all about. So look, the first thing is um, I'm excited about uh, uh, in-person events, meeting people face-to-face. -face. This ecosystem is very, very personal and mm, reputation okay. reputation is, is everything. And one of the challenges of, of starting a business during COVID is, you know, I couldn't go to conferences, I couldn't meet people. And so Zoom, as much as I love meeting you over Zoom, I think it'd be more fun to meet in person at, at, at events. Um, and so um, the Amazon ecosystem has loads of events um, and now they're in person, which means we can meet with software providers, with sellers, be able to speak, get old Sam, pitch old Sam in the right way in person, I think is a really important one. Um, the second one is, um, is around, um, you know, uh, pushing off Amazon. You know, I think up to, you know, the next couple of months we are, Amazon is very difficult to run by itself. I think it's, it's a very complicated uh, platform to trade on, not least when you're trading multiple mm -hmm. businesses in different categories. Um, but I'm really excited about taking those steps off onto, you know, the new, new, um, new marketplace channels, be it B2B or B2C. I'm super excited by that. Um, I think the, the the final one is clearly on, on acquisitions. You know, we're not buying 20, 30 brands a year. We're not, we're not a volume acquirer, but I'm excited and I'm really excited to, to continue to acquire, um, I guess, larger brands um, with IP and, 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 and defensibility around the product, be it through material differentiation or, 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 or brand. And, you know, the opportunity continues to expand more and more sellers are hitting that million dollar threshold the, it, it's continuing to mature so from an investments perspective the opportunity is still extremely exciting um i would also say you know we've just taken on um uh, we've just closed an acquisition recently where the team is joining olsam uh, and they have amazing expertise in-house and you know one of the challenges i'd say alex in this space the big challenge of 2022 is hiring and making sure you're building that superb operations platform 
everyone's competing for Amazon talent. Everyone's competing for, for, for e-commerce talent. So it's making sure that you continue to attract and retain a really strong team. Um, and so for us, um, you know, I'm excited to see how our team, again, matures, develops together and, 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 and builds out processes internally to allow us to, um, to scale, uh, scale uh, throughout the year. Very cool. I will follow this development closely. I, I hope we can meet an in-person event. Uh, I hope so. Uh, any, 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 anytime soon. So, Sam, thank you for your insights. Uh, um, uh, really, really awesome success uh, with the group um, um, already. And uh, um, I'm pretty sure that's going to be like a second episode with you uh, later this year or beginning next year. I thank hope you. so. I hope so. Um, thank you very much for having me. And uh, yeah, have a, have a great, great rest of uh, 2022.